I'm Greg Rockefeller. I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller. And this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family book club podcast. Today, we are discussing Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard. So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. Welcome back to a special episode of Reading with the Rockefellers. Today will be part two of our fan casting episode for the upcoming Peacock series based on the Red Queen books. Today we are going to cover the second half of the major characters that we met in Red Queen. So if you missed our first fan casting episode, definitely go back and listen to that. That's where we cover all the big characters like Mare, Cow, Maven. Uh, let's see, who else do we do? Farley and Farley Julian. and Julian. So definitely go back and check that out. We've got our number one and number two picks for all of those. So today we will cover, uh, like I said, the rest of the major characters. Yeah, we've got uh, Evangeline, Alara, Kalorn, King, the King, and Giza. Yes. You can tell they get less and less important as right. we go on, <laughs> I feel to, like. Down to the, from the most well, amount to the least amount of screen I feel like time. there's still some importance, well, and there's a couple here that I think, there's one or two that we've, that we've got some front runners, and there's a couple that I think there's going to be some real good open calls that I have, a, I think there's a few good candidates for, so. Yeah. So we hope that you guys have enjoyed these bonus episodes so far in between books one and two. We have really enjoyed bringing them to you and mm-hmm. getting to... Mm-hmm go off book a little bit and have these interesting discussions. Yeah, it's been good downtime for us, too, because we don't have to be reading and making a plan. It's, yeah. It kind of... Less it, homework, more fun. Reading yeah, a book for the podcast, you're right, Beth, is so much different, different than, than just reading a book. Because so you're much. looking for everything when you're reading it for a podcast. And then I'm going back through, and then I'm going back right. again, and you and I are discussing it. Exactly. And, then, yeah. and you know what happens. So it's not like it's boring, but it's like... You're just, you're reading the same thing over and over, over and over. Because we want to cover every aspect of Right. Because there's so much detail in these books. That's one of the things that I want to say just before we get too far in. It's like, it's a young adult book series. And I've told, you know, some people that I know, like, oh, you have a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, we read young adult book series right now. We're doing the Red Queen, what we're starting with, with my daughter and my wife. And it's like, oh, young adult books. Like, I get it. They have somebody, a bad name. They have a bad, not necessarily a bad name. It's just that they're for younger and usually teen girls. And right. there's a lot of romance, which there is some in this. But one thing I want to say about this particular book series, though, is it's really well written. It's right. so well written. I would I recommend it don't to like, anybody to read. I almost don't like classifying it as a young adult book series because it's so. Yeah. The characters it's so in different it are from young, most of them, but they're it's this isn't like most of the young adult no, there's, series there's, there's so where much... you know that the main female character is going to end up with one of the dudes, right? Like, you know, you can see the trajectory of a lot of those laid out. Exactly, and you don't see that. No, there's also book. not really a love triangle. No, not really. In the series, there never is. No, it's never established anywhere. And as, as big as we as big as the twist was in chapter twenty six and all the stuff that happened, there's a lot of things yet to come in the book series that you probably won't predict. That you won't see coming, and. It's she does such a good job of keeping the characters true to them, having really deep characters and mm-hmm. keeping yeah. them true to who they are. To but also, right. they're all so different. So it's like she's keeping all of these characters' motives and personalities straight. Right. Right. And, which and, which is very of, impressive. And right. we're going to meet a lot more characters. Yeah. The there's more coming, and including they'll all the most get annoying character in, in the history. history of the world. And they'll all get intertwined with all of the characters that we know already. Right. So we really encourage 
even parents listening to this podcast with your kids. If you haven't picked up a copy of this book yet, pick up a copy and read it because you will be so amazed at how much this author can say in so few words. Yes. 100%. That's what blows me away. Right. You know, we, we've talked about it on the show before. We all know I love Stephen King, but it can take Stephen King six pages to say the same amount of stuff that Victoria Aveyard can say right. in one page. Or, or even half a page. I, I yeah, like she's some... able to write dialogue that's fantastic, that carries the series so fast. And all of this other stuff that you don't normally get in a YA book. So yeah. she's able to move the plot forward in things that you're not automatically seeing coming. You know, you know something is going to happen, but you, she takes the twists and yeah. everything to a whole new level. So we appreciate you guys that have hung in with us this far. If you've read all the way through Red Queen just you wait because if you haven't read the rest of the books yet, you are in for a treat, yes. and we are going to be right here to help you through all of it. So don't. <laughs> We're going to help you through the depression and the the mood swings yeah. that you're probably going to get. The anger. Yes. We'll definitely be here to help you with the anger. Don't throw your book. Don't throw your book. Listen Email to us. us instead. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You can send us your rants. That's fine. We'll read it on the air or we won't. If you say don't read this on the air, I'm just angry and I have to tell somebody about it. Tell us about it because we have been there before. Yes. Yes. So we'll cover cover all of our contact and, and social media information at the end of the show. So let's jump right into the first character. I think this is probably one of the ones in this half of the series that we are going to have the most fun discussing because we've discussed this character off mic before and I'm pretty sure all of us have the same ideas on who we want it to be absolutely absolutely Um, so we're going to start with Evangeline yes everyone's favorite magnetron yeah as we discussed in the character episode you're not wrong Evangeline's look is very important the person who plays Evangeline their look has to be on point because Evangeline has a very distinguished look mm-hmm. and it is a major part of her personality. The black eyes are huge. The hair is huge. She has to look a certain way because as we talked about in the character episode, Evangeline is her family's all about appearances. Yes. They've got money, they've got power. And they're going to show it off at every chance that they get. But then Evangeline is also has this primal, evil, violent, wild side. So for the number one choice, I'm pretty sure we can all agree. I mean, we'll vote yes. if we have to. But I don't think we have to. We've been talking about this for months and we all agree that yes. Isabella Furman is our number one choice for Evangeline. Isabella yes. Furman. Yeah, I she, think we've even mentioned yeah, it Yeah, Isabella Furman. She can look sweet. And innocent. Mm-hmm. She's very pretty. Yes. Even conventionally pretty. But if you've seen Orphan or The Hunger Games, yes. you know that she can be super vicious. And that's what we want Evangeline to look right. like. And it comes across real. Where she can real. be very right. proper and be a lady. But the minute she gets that training suit on, she's going to rip you to shreds. Right. Exactly. Because there, there are some people where it's like they can seem vicious, but it always seems fake. Like the... Yeah. The, the scenes in the Hunger Games where she was like really violent, it seems so real. Oh yes, yes, and and, and almost to the point because I've seen her in Hunger Games and mm-hmm. I've seen Orphan. Like 
I almost feel like I couldn't see her cast as anything other than that, which is not fair to her because I'm sure she can play a whole wide range, but she's so good. And if you haven't seen Orphan, which no one else at this table have, it's such a scary movie. It's on my list. And very creepy because she's, even at a young age, is so amazing at playing this adorable little girl that no matter what, when you're around her, there's something off, but you can't figure out what it is. And she's so good. Then for you true crime people that want an interesting twist, after you watch Orphan, Google the story out of Lafayette, Indiana, where a couple actually thinks that they adopted a Ukrainian girl. I think she was Ukrainian or something like that. Uh, in her 20s, passing herself off as a six-year-old. So yes. that's an interesting story. If you guys want to go down a side rabbit hole, get on Reddit and search for that and turn your brain off for a couple of hours because it is insane bonkers. So we definitely all like... Isabel Furman. Isabel Furman. That's, that's one of the locks that we talked about early on, like yeah. Jacob Chalamet, I think. And we didn't really have like a lot of others to throw, but I really no. like the other ones that you guys have put on the list. Uh, the other day. Dad. Yeah, well, the other day we we were uh, when we were out for our walk and we stumbled on the one that we have listed here for the second one. Who well, I think maybe my number two. Yeah, I think this one's probably going to be my number two. I don't hate the third option that we have too, but from what I've seen her in, it's it's a little bit different. She's yeah. always kind of like the sweet. Yeah, yeah, the kind. I mean, I know Sabrina is a different animal, but. You know, from what I've seen her in. Anyway, we'll get to that part. We'll, let's discuss our number two first. <laughs> number two I is really like this Daphne Keene, which the one thing that I noticed her from early when she was young again was Logan, which is a fantastic movie, obviously, The Aging Wolverine. But she plays X-23, the little girl who's been given base. She has the same healing ability as Logan, so she's basically been given the same adamantium claws. And she's almost like a feral child in this. But she looks, she has the look that I could see, especially when you put the silver hair. Yeah. yeah. She reminds me in a lot of ways of Isabel Furman. Yeah. And her appearance. And and with His Dark Materials, which you guys haven't seen on HBO, but Daphne Keene plays the lead. Uh, she's also kind of... We watch that together. Yeah, it's so fantastic. I, I think Dad would like it, too, if we all watch it together. And she the performance up as well. She would be yeah. very pretty as a, the queen, mm-hmm. you know, in the queenly, or the prince princess. Yeah. Her, father, her father's also an actor, and they look very similar. So, you know, that would help later on with Lord Samos, mm-hmm. possibly. I know we've talked about him being possibly overweight and her father's right. not really overweight fat suit the yeah but we could we right. could put him in a fat suit or, just, or whatever just, yeah but whatever. yeah we'll get to that one when we talk about some of those minor characters later on um but yeah i really like daphne Keene. she's a fantastic actress yes yeah. she has held her own on screen with hugh jackman with patrick stewart patrick stewart james mcavoy lin-manuel miranda you know, those are all people that she shared the screen with. So they, she can definitely hold her own with uh, talented actors. Yeah, with uh, with big name actors and not bad. She can down. have a presence. I saw, I was saw some snippet of Logan, and it was her X twenty three walking out carrying the head. Of the those head. Cars that were oh my in. gosh! And the guy's like, no, put it down. Put it down. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, that's like little Evangeline. It's little Evangeline, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. She can do the ruthless. She can do the cutthroat. But right. she can do the all about appearances 
and buttoned down, I think, too. So that's a, that's probably our strong number two front runner. But I don't want to discount the other person on this list, yes. Kiernan Shipka, who is a fantastic young actress. Yeah. And I we've only seen her, Greg and I have seen her in Mad Men. So good. She was Men. so good. Don Draper's daughter. Sally got that kind of malicious, twisted thing mm-hmm. towards the end of the series, you know, where she's sneaking out and she's smoking and then they have to send her to boarding school. So you know she can do the flippant thing. I've never seen The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I, I, I think either. I watched like part of the first episode and I just wasn't in the mood really for something like that. I think I was just coming off of Supernatural and I was like, all right, I've got to give this whole <laughs> genre a little bit of a rest. So I haven't seen that, but I know that she is a great actress. I know that she does have some of the range. You can change her look up. Oh, yes. Um. So, you know, I think she's worthy of being on the list. I just don't think I would rank her as high as I would rank the other two. I agree. I think she's too conventionally cheerleader looking, maybe. She's very pretty. And and that almost would detract from that kind of resting bee face that I imagine that Agreed. Evangeline yes. has. Agreed. And I think that's Because when what... you see Karen and Shipka, she's usually pretty smiley. Yeah. Right. You know, she's a very bubbly personality in real life, and that comes through her characters. Did you look her up, Mia? I did, yeah. yes. Karen and Shipka? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, if you look at her, she can play that kind of dark, twisted character, but I don't think she's as up to it as the other two that we have on I the list. I agree. I don't. I think Isabel Furman and Daphne Keene kind of nailed, have already nailed what the look we're looking for in other characters. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Especially now that Daphne Keene's getting a little older. Mm-hmm. and She's about you know, to have a perfect age. Yeah. Oh. You're yeah. seeing the stuff where she's starting to present herself in public and on the red carpet as more of an adult. So we're able to kind of see how that um, scary side that she has, that kind of feral side that comes out, we're able to see how that's going to fit in with her being more regal looking. Because as we discussed in the character episode with Evangeline, she's been raised to be queen. She's known her whole life that she's going to be queen. Yes. So she's probably going to be very beautiful. You know, she's the spoiled heiress. Most of them are pretty good looking. Right. You know, they they come from money. They're able to... We don't know what cosmetic surgery is like in this. They talked about Lady Blanos, but we don't know if they give kids cosmetic surgery or fillers or whatever. So I don't think that we should discount somebody like Kiernan Shipka just because she's pretty. Because the other two are also very pretty. Oh, quite pretty. Right. When they, when they clean up. But I think there has to also be that aspect of she's such a fierce fighter when we see her yeah. fighting and using what she uses, which is metal spikes, to fling at people and slice people up. She's very vicious, and you need to be able to have that side also. And I feel like not saying Kiernan Shipka couldn't pull that off. I think that we have two people on the list that are just... I think, I feel like, can do both sides so well. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about the other one you brought up, Beth? Or... Tatiana Maslany. Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, kind of coming in as a dark horse. Um, I've never watched Orphan Black on Netflix, but I have a lot of friends who have watched it. She's got range. 
I think at one time she was playing like 10 different characters on Orphan Black because it's about cloning. I'm pretty sure like they take somebody who is, you know, she's an orphan. She doesn't have any family and they just clone her a bunch and all that. So she can play the range. Um, What I saw her in... um, and and Greg, I think you'd really like the show, is the new Perry Mason on HBO. It's got Matthew Reese as uh, Perry Mason from The Americans. Um, but he, this is the young Perry Mason. So this is before he was officially a lawyer. He was just working as an investigator right. for a lawyer who was John Lithgow and incredible in the show. But Tatiana Maslany plays... A uh, traveling preacher and um, Lily Taylor actually plays her mother in Perry Mason. So just because I know you love Lily Taylor. But um, yeah, I definitely think that as far as looks go, Tatiana Maslany has the look. When we were looking her up for the show, uh, she is 37. So that is that's quite outside the age range that we would put. Evangeline in, but she does not look 37. No, she doesn't. She can play much younger because uh, Lily Taylor is probably only in her early 50s. So, excuse me so much. So they're playing her younger. I I showed me a picture of Daphne Keene with the claws out from Logan and that look (laughs) on her face. And it's like... I could see... death stare look? I could see that That's 100% Evangeline. Evangeline. Yeah. And that's when she was young. Very young. Yeah, because Logan came out, I think, about five years ago, probably. So. At least, yeah. So, um, let's vote. I don't think this is going to be a rough one. For Evangeline, my number one, I'll say it is Isabel Furman still. And I think yes. a close, solid... Very close. It's really close Number two understudy would be Daphne King. Yeah, I'd have to agree that that's my number one and number two as well. It, the only thing that would make me possibly switch those... Is the fact that Isabel Furman is on the older side. She still looks very young. But as far as if, you know, if we were really casting this. Right. We have to talk about how long it's going to take to shoot all of this. You know, some of these books are very long. How many episodes are they going to make each of those? So we're probably looking at a span of about four or five years from beginning of filming until the end coming out at least. So I don't know what would happen with Isabel Furman as far as showing her age. That's true. I mean, she hasn't cracked yet. and It's been like 12 years since The Hunger Games came out. She's like, so, she's 25. Yeah, because she started acting when she was very young. Right. So 25 isn't really that bad. You just think that she's a lot older than she is because right. you've seen her on screen and for so long. Daphne Keene is 17, so she's like the perfect yeah, age. She, yeah. She's, and that would be the only thing, like I said, that would make me flip them as number one and number two is just that you get a little more room with Daphne Keene as far as, you know, keeping that teenage right. look. She's a little shorter, but then also so is Isabella Furman. Or Isabel Furman. Furman's like 5'3", and Daphne Keene's like 4'11". She's 4'11"? She's real tiny. Wow, she is tiny. Holy cow. Yeah. Hey, we found someone shorter than Kristen Bell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Is but it Kristen Bell five foot? I think she's right. But I actually foot. think I think both, Kristen Chenoweth is like four. I think either one of them being on the shorter side doesn't hurt. It because doesn't matter. They both have in the characters presence. they play presence and right. such 
a larger than they look personality. Right. Like they, yeah, make they look the, short, they f- but I still don't want to mess with her. Right. right. They fill up a room right. when their personality exactly. walks in. So I think either one of those would be fantastic. Like I, I almost wouldn't be able to go back and forth between a one and two. I would put them on equal footing. That's just my vote. I would think either one of those ladies would be fantastic it's, to put in that It's a win-win. Role. Right. It's incredible either way. Good options. Yeah, 100%. And I also, I honestly think, I love as much as I love Timothy Chalamet and Natalie Dormer for the parts that we have them for, and mm-hmm. I do, and I think they're a locks, this one, I'm the most excited because I think either one of them, if they right. were cast... It would be so perfect. Exactly. They've got the intensity. Right. They've got the ferocity. They've got the passion. And they've got the look. So I think either one of those could be very, very good possibilities yeah. for Evangeline. So, I mean, we can almost put that as a tie. Unless you guys lean, I know you guys lean a little more towards Isabel Furman than I do. And the only reason that I lean that way is because I have seen her in more, and this is one where I feel like that is affecting me a lot more because. Well, well, that's we'll put them down. Yeah, I get it. We'll put them down as Isabel Furman one, and and Daphne Keen is our understudy, and it's just a close. It's so close. It's a coin flip. Okay, this is closer than Cal was. Yeah. Yeah, closer maybe even than Maven. Right, because it's they're. Even though Mark McKenna and Timothy Chalamet are pretty close, in my opinion, I think this one would almost be closer. Oh, I agree. I agree. Okay, so now for our Elara. This one is always controversial because I'm almost going to go through these in a little bit of a different order than we have. Then we have them down. The first one I'm going to bring up is because it's the most clearly the most suggested, and I see it almost everywhere. Everywhere, and it's it's not just the most suggested of these; it's the most suggested. For Alara, anywhere. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you total all the ones up that you could, like, find in, like, three hours, you would get this. S- yeah. She would be the. I see top. very few and Alara that aren't this. Yeah. It's, it's cliche, bad. but I like it. No, I like it. We'll we'll get into why I like it. I, I like it okay, but I don't, I, hate don't it. I don't think that I would ever vote for this one to be number one or two. Right. For so, a few reasons. Because we yeah. have options. We're talking about Charlize Theron. Yeah. She is the internet's number one pick for Alara. We've seen her do the evil queen thing before. In fact, in Snow that's White the picture the everyone uses. Yeah, everybody uses the Snow White and the Huntsman picture. This is going to come around for the king again, which is another one where yes. I see a lot of people using people that are kings from everything else. And yeah, I'll but don't necessarily don't fit into this, this version. Right. But I see where they're talking about. She can do the manipulation she can do the icy stare. She's a great actress. She's a fantastic actress. She's very versatile. She's got the look. You could put her next to either one of our mavens and be like, yes, I could see where that person would descend from this person. Right. Like if we put her with Ben Barnes, who we'll talk about as the king in just a little bit, you could see them producing... Timothy Chalamet or Mark McKenna as an offspring. <laughs> you could see how that would come up. Right. So as far as like if we wanted to grab star power and a big name to have in the series, which sometimes that's good, not always. Right. Sometimes that's good. But I could I don't hate. This is the, probably the only mainstream one other than Timothy Chalamet that I don't hate is Charlize Theron as Alara. Yeah. 
I just well, I don't hate it. Do you guys have downsides? What are your cons on this one? I my only con maybe it is cliche. But and it's like I don't I don't want it to be like you've been a queen in something else, so you're going to be the queen in this. Cuz that's yeah. always how it comes off. Right. Right. And I so it is cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Yeah, and I don't hate it, but it's not. It's just not my number one. Right. Not who I would go with. Um, let's go, we'll go to also, there's another one that's a pretty well-known name, and that's Kate Blanchett, which we've kind of bantered yeah, around. Yeah, we, we've hate tossed either, around. I think she's, she's a, too old. No, not really. She, well, maybe when she played for, Hella, she's kind of starting to look. Well, and so is the last one on the list, 100%. Yeah. But... I, I agree with that because I think she should be, which is why the, my number one is n- not a main. Well, I mean, she's been in a few things, but anyway, we'll get to that. Right. One. But yeah, I mean, Kate Blanchett's been around for so long. You know, it'd be another star power name right. to draw to it. But I think she falls under that same mark. You know what I mean? As far as we've seen her play. Like the Elf Queen in Lord of the Rings. You know, if we could get that Kate Blanchett from 20 years ago, that'd be a little bit different. But Kate Blanchett now, I would say she's almost too haggard and road weary to look like Alara at this point. You know what I mean? We can safely assume Alara's probably had a lot of plastic surgery. She probably does a lot to keep herself looking very young because she's not going to want to think about people thinking about her aging. You know what I mean? Right. That's true. I, I get that too. She's and I think very vain. Yeah. She knows the eyes are always on her. So I would go for somebody that kind of has a more youthful glow for Alara than Kate Blanchett. But that would be the only real reason that yeah. I would say One not thing to pick her. Is, um, Kate Blanchett was the stepmother in one version of Cinderella. It's the the like live action one that Disney right. actually made. The one with Elle Fanning? Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, I could see that. And I think that's another another one I had that we had brought up and talked about was Elizabeth Mitchell. And I don't hate that one. I know she's older. She's quite a bit older, too, now. But she definitely has the look. Right. She I has agree. that paler look, that very queenly look. Right. She was in Once Upon a Time as kind of an evil queen in that, too. So yeah. she can play that bad guy or good guy role. You know, she played both sides against the middle when she was on Lost, very much so. You know, she was one right. thing to one group of people and one thing to another group of people. So she has the range, but the age would be the only thing on that one as well that I right. would say. And that's why I, I know who you're going to say is your number one, the, the one that we have, the only one left on the list we haven't talked about. And I, I would kind of agree that she would be in the right age range. It would just, this, she is less for looks than the other ones, I would think. But you could probably fix that. What do you mean looks? Like, I, she's more, how do I want to put this? Well, we're, we're going to talk about Emily Beecham. So, if you've seen Into the Badlands. She's the widow. She's the widow. And that's where I get 
the personality from because yeah. she could totally nail Alara. Yeah. On the flip side, uh, she was the mom in Cruella. Right. So she can play that sort of tender, loving mom side too, which we do see from Alara when she's around Maven. That's she's constantly true. fussing over Maven. Mare even says, you know, I can tell that she loves her son. It's just But it's kind of it's a sick and twisted relationship. Yeah. So, but, she almost but doesn't she know how still to express loves that. her son. Right. But, yeah. So, what does Alara look? What did we describe her as? Blonde hair, pale. Yeah. Blue eyes. Blue eyes. She's pale. She's very pale. Very pale. You could, I mean, there's, uh, we'll pull up some more because there's plenty of pictures of her with blonde hair or lighter colored hair. Intense and for those of you, mode. Yeah, for those of you that didn't listen to our episode last week, we are all still recovering from being sick. So if you hear cough drops or drinking in the background, somebody wetting their whistle, it's just so we're all not constantly coughing and voices breaking. <laughs> she could totally totally be yeah. Laura. She's a little I, taller. I would agree. And she's beautiful. <laughs> that would be my number one. That, I would say would be Emily Beecham one. would be my number yeah. one. And I, there's... If you haven't seen Into the Badlands, it's... A, it's a, you want to, First of all, you need to be an adult. It's a, it's a relatively Very violent, violent show. And there's some, you know, fantasy elements, so it's a really cool show, but there are some of the best performances I've ever seen from some different actors. She's amazing in it. Martin yeah. Sokus, who yeah, we'll talk who about, we'll talk about a little bit, bit later, is so... He's fat, almost enraptures you the first season of that show with his performance yeah. as the Baron. The it's monologues incredible. especially. Right. So there's if you haven't seen the show, just to see some fantastic performances, there's some really good ones in there. Yeah. And that's where we first saw Emily Beecham, and man, she knocks it out of the park. Because like, there are two sides to the widow that are. we see. And she's so a, we see the more caring side of her in the later we seasons. We do, but early we see the incredibly strong-willed side Vicious of her, because she's yeah. a woman in a world dominated by men, men yeah. who constantly are fighting each other, and she has to she has stake to her claim her and hold her own. Yeah, While also training a series of Bad a young right. female assassin, right? And looking, so. <laughs> looking smoking hot while doing. Yeah, it. she kicks high. So she's yeah, she's fantastic. I think she's my number one. And I, I would say out of what we have, I would have to go with Charlize Theron as our backup. Just as because number two, of the, yeah. The, I think that's an okay backup. I really, I mean, you can't go wrong. You with can't Charlize go wrong. Theron. Yeah, I those just, are my two as well. I Emily feel like Beecham, Emily Beecham. Once I finally started thinking about it, fits Alara. Yeah. And Charlize Theron is the understudy. Mia, what do you think? I'm okay with that. Wow, another unanimous one. I mean, we have talked about this a lot off mic, but not to where we are all like... But not even about some of these people. I didn't think we people. were going to be this much in agreement. Yeah, some of these people we didn't talk about off mic at all. So we tried to keep the... Off mic conversation, especially about these actual contenders, to a minimum. Yeah, we so wanted that, to give you guys the best of yes. our discussion. So it didn't seem like we were recycling discussions, or like we were going to reference being off mic a bunch. So we move on to Kalorn. This one's where we're going to have probably some debate. I I don't know if we're going to have debate as much as we're just going to have like, there's just multiple options that are, you know. We could all make cases for. Right. So let's let's start off. The one that I have on the top, and I think 
you're right. I, it was one that I was, because for a while, I couldn't think of a single Kalorn. Right. We were stuck on Kalorn for a while. And then I, I started thinking, well, maybe Nicholas Braun. And he's been in some commercials. I know you've seen him <laughs> in, Mia. But he was also he's also in a show called Succession. He was in a movie called The Watch a little while back. Played two wildly different characters. He's tall, kind of... Very tall. Very tall. Kind of a little... Not what you could call conventionally handsome, but he's not, but he's attractive. Yeah. So I could kind of see maybe him for Kalorn a little bit, but he's a little older now. Yeah. yeah. He is, I, he, he's the in age his late is the 20s. Yeah. And he, he's starting to look like it. Yeah. When you see him on succession, he's really starting, his he's, body's starting to fill out. He's a pretty big, solid guy. Yeah. That, he's that's like kind of six, not, six. Not what I would see as Kalorn. Yeah. Yeah. I would oh. think, yeah, he's very tall. And I would think if Kalorn was supposed to be that tall and gangly, it would be written more like in the book. Like she would, con- I mean, she's constantly talking about how buff Cal is. <laughs> so if Kalorn was the tall version of Cal's buffness, I think she probably would have <laughs> right. mentioned it. Right. And it's like tall is so odd because Mare is short. Yeah. So it's like what she thinks as tall may not even be what we think as tall. Right. Like, if we put if we put him as Kalorn next to, uh, like Jenna Ortega, he's gonna look like a giant <laughs> right. next to her. So that the age and the tallness would be my drawback. But the like personality, he's actually too tall. yeah, the personality and the smile and the kind of goofiness, I could definitely see nicholas braun playing right. that like personality wise and he can do serious which we've seen in oh yeah succession he's really gotten a chance to explore his serious side whereas the watch was just you know yeah silly goofy comedy and he still gets to be silly and goofy in succession but he has to deal with some pretty serious stuff right. too especially right. in the last season so you can see where he would have that headstrong side as well yeah and i it kind of leads him. The, the next one is similar in that I think he would. He's not as tall. He's like six foot, mm-hmm. and that's Matthew Lewis, he, who is also I think the age is also a drawback. He's like thirty two. That's where the age is, he, and you can tell by looking at him now. He's right. looking a bit older, exactly. But I think he has that. He does have that jovial nature where you can see him. You know what I mean? I, yeah. He. I feel like he he could embody the character, but I think age is not on his side. Yeah. He does still have a baby face. I would not yeah. picture Matthew Lewis in his 30s at all. <laughs> 32. Um, yeah. Because I think he's so close to Tom Felton, and Tom Felton is probably in his mid-20s, like most of the other ones are. I think he was actually one of the kids that was younger yeah. on Harry Potter, more with, think, you know, Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe and their, I don't think any of them are in their mid-20s. You think they're all older than that? that what, Mom, when they did were the first all, movie come out? They were all... Oh, that's Tom right. It was like 20, movie, Tom 20 years ago. Tom Felton's 34. Right. He'll be 35 in September. Holy cow. God. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, they were all 17 at the least when no, those No, not ended. the main three. Oh, when the movies ended? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, when the main three were ca- first cast like 20, 21 years ago... Like 11. They were all like 11 or 12, but so. yeah keep forgetting it's been it's been a long time 20 years does since that make the first you feel old yes it does don't but then, but then you look at picture the pictures of of matthew lewis with his shirt open and you're like mm-hmm. i don't picture what right. being that shredded right 
Okay, so but Kalorn's supposed to have a face. Right. <laughs> that brings me to I just never have well, no, he has to take his shirt off at some point, darn. F- number three, which is one that came out of nowhere for me, but I really kind of like it. Yeah. The yeah. The more I look at it. And that is Jacob Bertrand. And if you don't know who that is, I'm sure you've probably seen Cobra Kai because just about everybody has. He's yeah. Hawk. He's Hawk from Cobra from Kai. Cobra Kai. So you can see the unassuming part because at the beginning of the show, when Hawk is just Eli, he's a lot different than what he becomes when he becomes Hawk. Right. And, even, and in season three, he kind of softens back to Eli a little four, bit. Yeah, he yeah. softens back oh, to Eli four, yeah. when he gets his mohawk cut off. Yeah, and and he's got the acting chops. Yeah, he's he's a great actor. He's got that lean, muscular look, which mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. we discussed earlier that we feel Kalorn would have from fishing all the time. Yeah, and I could picture him as he's he's a handsome guy, but he's not the guy that's going to outshine like Logan Schroyer or Dacre Montgomery right. when you see Cal. You know, she's not going to look at Cal and look at Kalorn and be like, "Oh, Kalorn's oh, so much hotter." Right, right. Yeah, you can't have Kalorn be too good looking because right. he's super friend zoned. He he right. kind of came out of nowhere for me, but he he's has to almost really... be like that boy next door kind of like. I mean, maybe, but no, no. I really right. kind of dig him as Kalorn. Yeah, the thought of him. Yeah. yeah, the more the more I think about it, the more I like it. Plus, also, you know, Hawk has that personality of don't tell me what to do. And if you do tell me what to do, I'm going to go do the, the exact, exact opposite, opposite. And he's, which is how Kalorn is. He's 22, anyway. so he's much closer to the age we're yeah. looking at. And we could probably hold on to that youthful look right. at least for a few years. To, then the previous the two options. Because, I mean, listed. Matthew Lewis is going to be damn near 40 by the right. time the show would end. Right. And that's, that's, that's not too, okay. much. too much. Yeah. I mean, you can still look baby face, but. You Holy can't cow. look that baby face yeah. when you're 40. If we couldn't consider Tatiana Maslany a serious contender for Evangeline because of her age, then we're going to have to rule Matthew Lewis out Yes, because of his age, too. Right. And I think with, with Jacob Bertrand, too, part of it is he is really good in Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a couple of performances, him and William Zabka's Johnny Lawrence, mm-hmm. that are so good in that show mm-hmm. over the run of the show that I don't yeah. think get enough credit, really. Yeah, so that's a good one. And then as far as personality goes, that's where I like the next one. Logan Lerman. On the list as well. Yeah, Logan Lerman, who you guys would know as Percy Jackson from the Percy Jackson movies. So looks-wise, he's not as close to what we would figure Kalorn. He looks a little bit more like who you would get for a Cal or a Maven. He is 30. Yeah, so he's younger, but he's got the baby face. He does have a baby face, for sure, still. So he could probably play a little bit younger. He's got that kind of unassuming thing that Kalorn has. Like, I imagine Kalorn's probably not bad looking, like we talked about in the character thing. Right. But Mare just doesn't look at him that way because she doesn't have time for a dude in her life. Exactly. Until she was forced to look at, oh, I have to marry somebody. Exactly. She didn't start seeing Maven that way. And then... So... And then she was introduced to, you know, just guys that she saw as more desirable or attractive. So you also have to have someone who can be upstaged by Cal and Maven. Yes. Right. And Logan Lerman kind of has that unassuming 
look on that. I, you know, like I, I like, and I had even said, and I know he's he's not really a serious contender for Kalorn, but I would get more of the personality of somebody like a Dylan Minnette from Thirteen Reasons Why, or he was also um, Tyler Schultz in Hulu's um, The Dropout, the story of Elizabeth Holmes. So you know that kind of meeker personality. But still defiant. Yes. So I think that could, that kind of personality would work. And that's where Logan Lerman would have the advantage over some of these other ones. Jacob Bertrand, you know, I've only seen him in Cobra Kai and then one episode of Parks and Rec when he was a little kid. But he has that more, I'm going to throw a fit if I don't get what I want and can dig his heels in and be very stubborn, which I think Kalorn mm-hmm. needs to have. Yeah. He needs to have that, I do what I want. I, right. I feel like... Because that's what he and Mayor bond over. I, right. I, I kind of We're have both a, so stubborn. Yeah. I kind of have a clear one and two for Kalorn, which is interesting because like three days ago, I was like, I don't know who we're going to get for Kalorn. Exactly. Yet. And now we, I have a kind of clear one and two in my head. So what do you guys think? What do you think, Nugs? I think um, if, we are, if we're going to vote for number one first, yeah. Jacob Bertrand. I uh, think I think I'm putting uh, him as number one. That would be my number one. Uh, as me too. Well. I would go with a tight number one, two of Log- of Jacob Bertrand, number one, and Logan Lerman as the understudy. Yep. I, I think that's I I think we're kind of unanimous on that Agreed. one. Wow, yeah. shocking. The other two are great. I just don't think the age is going right. to be there. Right. Like I would love to get Nicholas Braun's personality, and Jacob Bertrand could probably pull it off. He's right. a very I think well versed yeah. actor. I think, actors, I think so. Matthew Lewis, twelve years ago, fifteen years ago, right, right at the when they were filming the last yes. Harry Potter's, yeah, would have been fantastic. Or like even this. a couple years afterwards, yeah. I could still see that coming off of playing a character that had such a strong character arc. Because mm-hmm. Kalorn does I mean we'll see in the later books, Kalorn's character arc is kind of similar to correct. Neville's character arc correct. in yeah. the books. So. You know, the unassuming person that you never thought would come through, and that's who it is. Right. So I that part of it would be good as far as personality-wise. But I think looks-wise uh, and and acting chops-wise, I would have to go with Jacob Bertrand as the number one. I agree. Sweet. All right, let's move on. That was nice and unanimous. I like that. two more. Um, let's go to Giza next. Can we go to Giza next? Because I want to save the king for last. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, we can go to Giza next. We've only got two for Giza, so So, it's pretty easy. So it's just going to be a battle for who's number one. I put a third one on there because I wanted to bunk it, but we can go ahead. Oh, I see it. I can already see it. Oh, yeah. We'll start with that one. Yes. Oh, that's not who I thought it was going to be on there. I thought you were going to have Sophie Turner on there, and I was like, nope, cross her off. She's too old. Sophie Turner's so ridiculous. I mean, if you you look at Sophie Turner, you're like, she... uh, she hasn't looked like a fifteen-year-old. She looks year like old. a woman. She yeah. hasn't looked like she a fifteen-year-old just before she was fifteen. She's about Christ to pop say. out another baby. Like she's almost thirty. I'm yeah. pretty sure Chill she's on way that too old to for, play. She's fifteen, and that's kind of where yeah. Sadie Sink is the other one I bring up. Everyone because she's a redhead, but she's. Yeah. I know she's like nineteen or twenty now, but she. I can't see her passing for a fifteen-year-old. No, and it's like. Let the girl play someone her own age, please. She's finally. Played, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, please. Uh, Everyone sees her in Stranger Things and they think she did an okay job a couple years ago playing a uh, eighth grader. But that was even, you know, when season two came out, 
that was all, a while ago. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, she's 20 now. <laughs> yeah, I think she's she's too old and mature looking for Giza. Giza, yeah. Giza would be where... If we were going to have to put Anya Taylor-Joy in anything, I'd put her in Giza because the doe-eyed thing would work she's for Giza. Way she's too way mature. too old. Right. Yeah. So I would go, and, and I'll just throw this out as my number one, would be Sophia Lillis. Yeah. So if you've seen It, chapters one and two, uh, that is the one who plays Beverly is Sophia Lillis. Um, she reminds me of also like you know i greg i don't know if you read these books when you were little but the ramona books yeah like you know very much that kind of character um and i really think that giza could fall well into that uh wheelhouse of sophia lillis where kind of bratty uh but kind of prissy at the (laughs) same time you know but have to also have Grown up, you know, just like Mare, she's going to have to be wise beyond her years. You know, she's pretty much the breadwinner for this family, even though she's the youngest at the beginning. She's the one with responsibilities and has to go off and do things. And I think that Sophia Lillis has that look of the kind of wise beyond her years eyes because she is able to play a young person that has to deal with adversity and things. Mm -hmm. So that's where I would see. Yeah. Her being a good one is she's, Sophia Lillis. She's right about the same age as Sadie Singh. I think she's 20, but I feel like she looks like she could still pass more for 15 year old. Yeah, I mm-hmm. feel like. she definitely has a baby face. It would be. They're kind of struggling to make Sadie Singh fit in as a 15 year old on Stranger yeah, Things. They're doing it with all of them. Yeah, because they had to take such a big break between season three and seasons four. Right. The only thing I would worry about with Sophia Lillis as far as passing her off as an early teen person is even in the second It movie, she was starting to get bigger chested. Yeah. And it's really hard to buy a 14-year-old that is bigger chested. Especially if you're going to get somebody to play her older sister that's going to be tinier than her. So that would be the only thing that might steer me away from Sophia Lillis and more towards the other person that we yes. have on our list. Who I actually like quite a bit for this. Because right. she's a fantastic She's younger. Actress. She's a great actress. She is 15. She is 15. And she's and played, she's looked so different in multiple yes. different movies. Yes. She can look very different. Um, and that's McKenna Grace, who has become a very hot actress in the last few years. She's been in so much stuff. She's adorable. She is. You could definitely see her playing the sympathetic little sibling. I mean, she did it in Ghostbusters Afterlife. All you'd really need to... I mean, she has the complexion to play a redhead. Mm -hmm. All you'd really need to do is just slap some red hair on her. Yeah. She is naturally blonde. She's fair skinned. She has very light skin. Mm Mm-hmm. But she can play the demure, or yes. she can play the sassy. Uh-huh. She can play the attitude. You she could has put been her in so a dress, many things, hasn't and, she? Yeah, She's you could put forever, her in a dress, yeah. and she would look like she fits in a dress. Mm-hmm. Right. You can put her in grubby jeans, and she looks like she fits right. in grubby jeans. Yeah. So on this one, for me, it's almost a toss-up. Yeah. Looks-wise, I would go with Sophia Lillis, but acting chops and 
personality-wise, I may go with And for the fact that she definitely passes more off right. as a 1450. As the shows are going to go, you're going to need to try to hang on to that, yeah. I think. And Sophia Lillis would get away from you really right. easily. Yeah. Right. So that's the only reason that I would put McKenna Grace a little bit above is just because it, like, just the age. If that is literally the only difference, the only thing that's really separating them is age, I think it'd just be better to go with the person that is actually younger instead of having to pretend like a 20-year-old is 15 or 15, yeah. For the entire run. Run of the show. Yeah, because as we discussed in the character episode, this whole story, all four books, really only takes place over the span of about a year or 14 months. Yes. So you have to cram a lot of stuff in there, but you're not going to be able to film it and edit it and do post-production that fast. Right. So you're going to have to get somebody that's going to maintain that youthful look. And from what I've seen from McKenna Grace over the last few years, she's kept that right. baby face and she's she kept hasn't that really younger look. She hasn't changed much. Yeah. I mean, Ghostbusters Afterlife was probably like between when it was filmed and when it actually came out, like three years or whatever. Yeah. Right. She didn't really change that much exactly. from seeing her in the movie no. to seeing her do the press. And I, um, I've also seen her in uh, Fuller House. Mm-hmm. She when she in, played Rose. Yeah. Yeah. And she was super tiny then. Exactly. But she doesn't look that much different. Mm-mm. Like she's she was smaller, but and she had a little you could tell she was a little bit younger. A little baby fat little, on her face. Yeah. yeah. And she still had a little bit of that in Ghostbusters Afterlife, kind of that more baby yeah. fat. What I what what amazes me about her is seeing having if you see I've seen her in maybe three or four different things, and she plays at such a young age wildly different characters. Yeah. Even with different like speaking like if you listen to her play Egon's daughter in Ghostbusters Afterlife right. there's a completely difference between the way she talks and the way she talks in um some of the other movies you see right. you know what I'm saying she was also in um Troop Zero and right. she had almost like a like a thick southern, southern. type accent right. and, and she that. did it well and she did oh yeah she I, was I didn't actually watch that. the show but I did see the Trailers, trailers i saw a little was, bit of one episode yeah. and i just i i wasn't in the right mood to get into it at the time but yeah she can pull off that precocious you know kind of hey look at me thing yeah. that i would see that giza would have mm-hmm. you and know I, the natural golden child type yes. and i feel thing. like no offense to sophia lillis but Seeing McKenna Grace get her hand crushed and know that she's just losing everything would yeah. be, be devastating. It would be devastating. And, and especially what you want to feel. if you can get that sympathetic little sister vibe from her yes. where Mare, you see Mare being so protective right. of her and then pull the sympathy card for the little face. You know, she looks up at you with those great big eyes and you're just like, oh my gosh, I want to squeeze her. I, I would say that McKenna Grace would be my one and Sophia Lewis would be a close understudy number two. I think based on the conversation, that's the right way to go, too. Okay, sweet. So now we move on to the king. Oh, yes. I'm going to start with two that I've seen. Yeah. Literally almost the only two kings I've seen anywhere. We're going to debunk these these out real early. Get them out. Russell Crowe. Terrible. No. Because because the king's in his early 40s. Russell Crowe is way too old at this point. I know he's played kingly characters. We're going to just move him on. It doesn't matter. Then we've got Sean Bean. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to watch Sean Bean get beheaded again. (laughs) It would, 
it would be to the point where it would like people would watch that and they'd be like, oh, <laughs> he got beheaded again. Look, guys, because how many Sean times got beheaded again? How many times is the same character going to play a prince slash king who's going to Who get gets beheaded? Beheaded. It's yeah. like okay, if this were a, a satire or like. Like we like were talking a, about earlier, off yeah, like like a, a Mel Brooks a or spoof kind spoof, of situation, but, right? Then I could see that totally, but I feel like this needs to be so much more serious. I didn't want a depth in the king that's not just get me a king. I want that's one that's not just get me a king. We're going to behead right. him at the end. Because there's of the a couple book. of speeches that the king gives in the book where he's trying to where you can say, oh, he's you know giving these speeches where he's uniting the kingdom, rallying, and yeah, rallying everything, and it's got to be this great speech and that's where i think my number one comes from and that's martin Ksokas. Ksokas, yeah. Ksokas. another person from into the badlands yeah <laughs> and it, but if you watch this first season of into the badlands he plays the baron and he is mesmerizing he's it's been a long time since um the first season of Justified when Walton Goggins just mesmerizes you as Boyd Crowder. That was the last right. time I was mesmerized by somebody like I was by him in Into the Bad Yeah, Lines. in the first season. And he rallies these people. He rallies his people. I mean, he's, he's the Baron and he has everything and literally everyone under him has nothing. But he gets out there and gives these rousing speeches and rallies these people. And they want to go do whatever he says. they want to go says. do whatever he says. And it's when I think about that, that's what I think this king needs to to present right because that's silvers are all about presenting power that's all he did his power was all an illusion in the show it was all in his charisma the the monologue that the king has like when in um chapter eight Mm -hmm. when uh mayor comes in and he's like listing out her entire life and it's all condescending Mm -hmm. i just that needs to be done so well and they're just a lot of the popular internet options. I just feel like couldn't pull that off, you know. Oh, I hundred percent agree. And it, he he has the appearance, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, he looks very kingly and regal. He's still broad-shouldered yes. enough to look like he could have fathered Cal. So. And conniving enough to look like he could hold his own with somebody like Alara. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And he could play well against our Emily Beecham as Alara. Yeah, too, we've they, already they seen him play together. together with, yeah, being the widow and the baron in the first season of Into the Badlands. Yeah, I mean, he could definitely, I think he would be a good, as far as appearance wise, you could see the look. Yeah. Of the boys, you know, I mean, with Timothy Chalamet and what we're, what we're doing is our casting, and that's yeah. kind of important, too. Yeah, and that's another thing that a lot of internet fan castings I've seen don't take into account. Alara, the King, Cal, and Maven never look like they're in any way related, ever. Look at that, Mia. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, no, I get it. Oh, totally, yeah. That's, that's, ty- that's type. A hundred percent. The only other option, and we kind of brought it up a little bit in the last episode. Which I still like, too. Yeah, I don't hate him as Julian, um, but I think that he could be far more powerful and effective as the king, and that's Ben Barnes. I would probably prefer him as the king just based on looks alone, even. 
Yeah, he's Even probably a little on the younger side of what the king would be. He would need to be in his mid forties. But, but yeah, that picture right. of Ben Barnes, he definitely looks kingly enough. Looks like somebody who's raised to be in the spotlight. Uh, my only thing with Martin Sokas, and and this is just based on seeing him as the Baron, so I know it'd be different with a character that's written differently. But the Baron, you can tell, was slightly unhinged. Through the whole thing, where I would think Tiberius would need to Definitely keep it together keep a it lot together. more and find himself right. more centered. But That's the way Billy the was, was also like that in, in The Punisher. Punisher, right. And so we would have to find somebody who can show that he can pull himself right. together And like I think that. that they both probably can, because the, char- the Baron from Into the Badlands was supposed to be a little unhinged. I mean, he was right after very, everything that he'd been through, and the whole the way the world was at that time mm-hmm. period. Yeah, it was a much different kind of character, and the wars, and in a loveless marriage, and all this right. other kind of stuff. You know, right? Um, but I like Ben Barnes too. I, I don't hate it. Yeah. Do you guys want to vote, or do we need some more discussion on this one? Um, I don't know. I mean, I will probably be going mostly based on appearance and on what you guys have said. So mine will probably line up with yours quite a bit. Um, just because I have not seen uh, either of these people yeah. act in anything. So I'm at a bit of a disadvantage here. However. I would say my vote, and just because I know he's probably mid-40s, and he's a, but you still kind of feel the weight of the kingdom so he might not necessarily look older or bad but look like he's been through a lot mm-hmm. i'm just martin Sokus is Sokus is probably going to be would be my number one yeah that's barnes, what i was thinking ben barnes is a tight number two i don't hate it at all and i think looking at him you could see where we could get cal, cal and maven, and maven, and maven from, yeah so it's, i i I don't dislike it at all. Yeah. And I, I mean, Martin Sokus has that kind of similar look. Right. Where you could see that you could get Cal or Maven from him, too. But I think as far as what I've seen them in already and letting that base my opinion, I would go Martin Sokus number one, Ben Barnes close number two, like you said as well. I would agree I with think, that. I think we can um, be unanimously decided on that. But, I mean, you look at Martin Sokus when he doesn't have the full look of He's a handsome man. Right. Yeah, he looks like he could play a British detective. Oh, 100%. Ooh. <laughs> Slap that guy in a British pr- or Icelandic procedural and call me after yeah. it's over. But if you're an adult listening to this and you haven't watched Into the Badlands, just check out the first season. Please go watch the first season. So many great, strong performances so and strong female characters. The yeah. Baron's wife. Don't mind Matilda's bangs. The widow. Terrible yeah. The whole thing. But there's some great strong characters yeah, in that the show. Yeah, fe- the female performances are fantastic. I've always said if I was going to do cosplay, I would want to cosplay as the Widow. Oh, the Widow's so she awesome. She is fantastic. I love her so much. And her first name is Minerva. So <laughs> right. that's where that came from. So yeah, I think we've got our number one and twos. We can post those on yes. our website. And I'll we'll get some pictures together of all of our one and two, so they'll have, they'll be on there as well. The, yep. Kind of the pictures that we were looking at. We'll have them on our Instagram. That is going to be at Reading with the Rockefellers. That's where we're the most active. So if you want to interact with us, find us on Instagram. Give us a follow. 
Uh, you can email us. Email us your opinions on what we've chosen so far, your ideas on who you would cast, uh, fan art. We love receiving that as well. The email address is readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. You can find video versions of all of our episodes on YouTube. Mia puts all those together. So make sure you go to Reading with the Rockefellers on YouTube. Uh, hit the subscribe button and make sure you check that little bell so you get a notification every time we upload a video. You can also subscribe and get notifications on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So make sure you subscribe and uh, get to the notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a five-star review. It really helps with that algorithm and helps people find the show. So if you can uh, do that on Spotify, on YouTube, or on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate that. And then we have our website. You can find all of our episodes there, all of our pictures, fan art, our blog, and that is www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. So find us there. Interact with us. We love hearing from you guys. We've really enjoyed doing these bonus episodes. Thank you for letting us split it into two. We didn't want to truncate our conversation for you guys, so we decided to go ahead and split it over Mm -hmm. two episodes. Oh, we didn't want the episode to be like, you know, two and a half hours either. Yeah. We looked up we, and we're like, we know, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we value your time. It doesn't take you two and a half hours to clean your kitchen. Sorry. So. <laughs> Hope you have a long commute to work. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Plenty of time to listen. Yeah. So we will be back next week with the first episode of Glass Sword. We, we haven't even decided. See, I'm going to be reading this one as we go. Yes. So we we have to figure out if we're going to do just one, how many chapters we're going to do again, but we'll we'll get back at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are so happy that you guys have enjoyed these fun episodes as we take a little bit of a break and a breather in between so much heavy stuff in the books because based on where we ended in Red Queen, where we pick back up in Glass Sword is going to the action's going to start right from the beginning. So we appreciate you coming on this journey with us. Make sure you go to your local bookstore to pick up copies of these books and support your local independent bookstores. Um, If they don't have it in stock, they can order it for you. All independent bookstores love to do that. So make sure you give those kind of people your business and follow us on all the socials. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.